podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. At Lowe's, we know you can get the job done faster if you don't have to stop and come into the store all the time. That's why we've updated our app with your business in mind. With the app, you can build quotes, easily reorder your supplies, track orders, and much more. So you can get everything you need right away, stay on the job, finish it, and get started on the next one. Download the app today. Because Lowe's knows time is money. Lowe's knows pros. On this week's pod, Nepenthes gives us his theory on how the FIFA gameplay meta might develop as we see a big new finesse shot patch. He also gives us his thoughts on the never-before-seen Foot Future Stars promo. It seems it's done good for prices, but Steve, the foot coach, asks if it's too unrealistic. Plus, why special goalkeepers aren't worth the pixels they're printed on. I'm your host, Ben, and you'll hear all that and more on this week's Foot Weekly podcast on Foothead and all your usual podcast platforms. Hello and welcome to week 18 of the Foot Weekly podcast. And this week, uh, as we often do, we've got Steve, aka the Foot Coach, or as I like to call him, the Decaf Chris Sutton. How are we? The Decaf Chris Sutton. Okay, I'll take that as a kind of compliment, I think. So I'd kind of like Chris Sutton, but less less angsty. Yeah, exactly. But this week, I think, from what we've been discussing uh, on Twitter and uh, through DM, it might be a little bit different, actually. I'd, You've got some. I uh, have a bit of angst. Yeah. We'll look forward to that. And delighted to announce that we've got a debut of one of the biggest names in the FIFA community, Nepenthes, a.k.a. Uh, Run the Bronze Market. How are you doing? <laughs> hey, what's up, guys? The Panthers here. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it was really great to have you on. Thank you. We do have some listeners who live under a rock, so uh, I'll ask you a few questions um, just so they can get to know sure. you. Um, what's your favourite FIFA game of all time? Um... Honestly, after discussing this quite in detail over the last few weeks with with viewers and such, probably FIFA seventeen. Okay, mm. so that was was that the first year we had SPCs? That's right. First year yeah. of SPCs, first year of foot champions. Yes. Um, yeah, and not a bad game for gameplay, really. Okay, yeah, I, I like that choice. It's a good one because a lot of people will go for like FIFA twelve, and you're like, well, if you go back and play FIFA twelve now, it uh, yeah, it was actually yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, at the time it was, it felt like one of the best games for sure. Okay, so all time favorite foot card from any FIFA. Um, that's that's honestly a really tough question because I don't know. I, mm. I, maybe uh, De Bruyne's special cards from last year, his his team of the year card last year was one of my favourite cards, especially after it got upgraded to the five star weak foot. Mm. Yeah, that's a good pick. Bit left field there, I like that. Uh, actually, talk of which five star skills or five star weak foot? Weak foot, hundred mm. percent. And uh, pen ref or trash draft packs? Um, pen ref. <laughs> um, and finally, sausage sandwich or bacon butty? Ooh. Neither. Neither, really? Uh, what, what, would, yeah. what would be your, like, food of that kind of thing? Like butter on toast. Butter on toast. Oh, okay. Wow, bold. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a fan of sausages in general. Oh, okay. Uh, no pun intended. Uh. <laughs> um, and bacon has to be cooked in a really specific way for me to eat it, so... Is I that, like, really crisp or...? No, no, quite the contrary, like, oh. nice and soft and... Wow. yeah, controversial. Um, we better move on quickly from that Um, we'll get into uh, what has been the big talk of the past week Uh, massive massive promo and I think we'll just start off with Nep just overall what are your thoughts after a couple of days of this promo yeah I mean I generally quite like the promo I know there is some contention behind whether or not these cards are too boosted too early in the game cycle Mm. Uh, I think EA have done another classic EA of not boosting like they followed a, a, a literal formula that was exposed on reddit and, and broken down and 
So they've not given people like Sancho decent stamina or decent, you know, mm. reactions or, or whatever. And I'm sure, I'm sure the people are going to love me hear me saying that. But yeah, I, li- I like it. I, I like the fact that there's alternatives to your prime icons and Ronaldo's and Messi's. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. Although I think, Steve, you have some uh, strong opposing views on this. And we have had a number of messages from listeners, so thanks for those uh, expressing similar views. A particularly lengthy one from uh, Michelle 90 who sort of said how unrealistic he felt it was. Is, is that your kind of complaint with the promo overall, Steve? Well, yeah, I, there's a few problems that I have with it, really. Uh, I think that it, it detracts from the sense of realism around the game. Fair enough, in, in terms of gameplay, we're trying to condense a 90-minute match into, what, 12, 15 minutes? So gameplay can only be realistic to an extent. The player database and the card ratings, they should really be some kind of reflection of a player's real-life abilities. It just seems a bit arbitrary to have taken somebody like Vinicius Jr., for no good reason at all, other than possibly to sell packs. He's suddenly become the, I think he's the sixth best left winger in the database now. That's that's part of the problem that I have with it. The other part of the problem is that, speaking personally, I suppose, I feel a little bit cheated by, by some of these cards. To give an example, um, Sancho, his in-form card was 79 rated. And when he was when he got the player of the month, that went up to an 84 so as somebody who quite enjoys using five-star skillers and who had a Bundesliga team, I, I did the SBC based on the idea that it's pretty unlikely that he's going to get any massive major upgrades on the 84, either until team of the year or if he gets a few informs, whatever. Um, but that was the reason that I did the, uh, the SBC. And to then find that just a couple of months later a new card has appeared without any real justification whatsoever. Where he's gone from an 84 to a 90, he's been given a plus 14 upgrade on shooting. It's, I feel cheated. Um, I could say the same thing about Coutinho. You know, I, I did the Footmas Coutinho card because I thought that that would probably be the best left winger in La Liga for quite some time. And then all of a sudden, again... Out of the blue, out of nowhere, Vinicius Jr. Has, has appeared and suddenly we've got this amazing left winger who's, to the best of my knowledge, I think he's actually played six games for Real Madrid this year um, in La Liga and one in the Champions League. And I just I don't see the justification for these, for these cards. To me, they reek of basically being a poor man's team of the year. And I, I think it's just to drive pack sales. I, I think it's a very cynical move. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they're, they're very fair points, you know. I, I think the the whole realism argument is definitely something that I, I don't even know where I sit on myself because, on the one hand, I want the game specifically the gameplay to be realistic to, uh, you know, as Steve says to a, to a degree, you know, you, there's there's certain aspects of the lack of realism that you're going to have to expect when a making it a video game and b putting it into twelve or fifteen minutes, but in terms of what ultimate team is it, like if if you want to play with sancho at his current real world ability there is a game mode for that ultimate team like by definition is a fantasy mode it, you know in 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 terms of realism you don't ever have in real life two cristiano ronaldos on the pitch at the same time you couldn't possibly fit any icon into a team in the real world today and yet people are absolutely okay with these 
and then and because I've seen these these debates raging all over, so this isn't necessarily personal to to Steve here, but these cards for me, as unrealistic as they are, inject more creative creativity into team building, which is important in Ultimate Team because all I see throughout the whole course of the year is people saying, "Man, it's so boring facing the same teams mm. all the time." Well, now there's alternatives. And now people are on this, on this, the, you know, this notion of, oh my god, this is so unrealistic. These players don't deserve these cards, and yeah, they don't necessarily deserve these cards. But it, for me, it's fun. It, it injects something into the game. Is it a pack sale driver? Absolutely. But as we've seen from EA specifically over the last couple of years, since the rise of games like Fortnite, everything is designed to sell packs, not just this one. Like yeah, you know, and I think there's a, a an underrated aspect here. Yes, you can say pack sales fine, and ultimately it's all comes down roughly to the same thing. When I'm, I'm talking about sustaining interest, basically not just pack sales. Team of the year traditionally, like some people saw that as like the end of the year, like the end of the game, and there wasn't often a promo so close to it, and there certainly wasn't anything like this. It's brand new, and it's really helped to continue the momentum. I think. Whereas in past years, you'd get that lull. And I suppose, Nep, you probably will be able to comment more on this, you know, knowing views and, and on your videos and all that kind of stuff. Would you agree that the game has had a bit of a dip after Team of the Year, sort of depression? Oh, yeah. Usually we'll get the dip until, you know, maybe a small boost in Lunar New Year and a small boost through ratings refresh and the one to watch winter promo. But after that, like between kind of February and when FUP birthday would be and then between FUP birthday and when Team of the Season would be, it like views dry up to the point where a lot of content creators just shut off and, and don't come back until team of the season. W- one thing that I'm interested in and, and it'll be interesting to hear Steve's opinion on this is, is the future of where this game goes now just for this year, because in the wins to one to watch the promo, if the cards aren't as good as what we see with the future stars, people just aren't going to care. I, I think that that's a really interesting point because what we're doing all the time by introducing these cards, what EA are doing is they're raising the ceiling. I think there's a, there's a term for it, isn't there? The, the power creep where yeah. normally the, the overpowered cards, the really top tier cards are released much later in the game cycle. But right now they seem to be coming out much more quickly. I think that was the reason why the prime icons were released slowly over a period of time so that we didn't suddenly have this influx of, of top tier cards. So yeah, it's, it's going to be difficult. They may end up backing themselves into a corner. I, I read somewhere that a precedent has been set for this in Madden Ultimate Team. Um, and in last year's game in Madden Ultimate Team, there were a total of 166 99-rated cards in the database by the finish. And I, I don't think that is really a direction that, that Foot should be going in. To come back to your point as well, Nep, about, um, about it being a fantasy mode, Absolutely agree. Um, totally appreciate your point there. The, the hang-up that I have with it is not so much that... It's the fact that these ratings have been given to, to cards that don't deserve them, if you see what I mean. If it was a case of a ratings refresh where Sancho had been given a boost because his, his real-life performance has reflected that, that's fine. Icons and what have you, they've at least done something to, to merit their ratings. But for Delict, for example, to be suddenly given a rating that's on a par with Medium Malvini... It's not only crazy, it's, it's basically insulting to people like Paolo Maldini. But the, the only thing I'd say about that is, in terms of the realism and cards reflecting real performance, like what about the Halloween promo? What about when Alex Hunter was added into the game? Like The idea that Foot is realistic, I 
clung on to for a long time, but I have to say, and I imagine it's the same for you, Nep, having played for a long time, it kind of slowly becomes less and less of a problem over time as they ramp up the fact that really the game is not a reflection of real life and cards do not have to be directly yeah, I mean, I mean, I'd also argue, and, and again, I'd, I'd be interested to hear Steve's opinion on this. Is is that already in forms and player of the months don't actually reflect how the player's playing in real life? Because if it did, what EA would have to do is they would have to boost stats based on what that player did hmm. in that specific game. But if we take a Naki Williams in form from this week, for example, for scoring the goals, he's also got a plus two in stamina and plus three in strength. Now he didn't just get stronger because of that that performance. He he can't just last longer in a game now because of that performance so albeit a smaller upgrade these upgrades aren't reflective of how this player is playing in real life no, sure and i'll take that point entirely and you're absolutely correct the the issue there really for me though is is more that back to the vinicius junior example he's played seven games for goodness sake you know how, it's, yeah, yeah, the, no, there's just if there was some justification if there was at least some sort of some element of, of, of it being a justifiable rating increase Fine, it wouldn't be quite so so much of a problem. But the fact that he's played so few games and now he's a better card than Neymar. Wow, I don't know. I just I don't get it. It's not for me, Clive. So, Steve, if we're putting you in the position of the people who make the game, and you hear what Neps just said about how views drop off, there's less interest. I remember towards the end of January last year, you know, content creators moving on to other games, things like that. And obviously they're sticking around because of this. What do you do to keep the interest? I think that one area that I'd certainly look at would be making the making more of a promotion around the ratings refresh. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and maybe bringing out some special cards around that. I also think as well that perhaps people wouldn't lose interest quite so much if, if the gameplay was fine-tuned to, to a better degree slightly earlier in the game. Because I think that... Something that I'm starting to see and something that's, that's beginning to become apparent, I think, is that there's kind of a trend here where we're moving away from FIFA 19 being a sports simulator and moving towards it being a card-collecting game. And I, I, I'm not a fan of that kind of thing at all. Well, I think, though, that's not a strategic thing from EA. I don't, well, I mean, obviously, it's a strategic thing in terms of Ultimate Team being the breadwinner for the company, and obviously, they're going to push that as much as possible. But it's not like they are sacrificing gameplay changes for foot. I think the two things are simultaneous, like they're working on gameplay, foot's kind of separate. But I know what you mean about the frustrations around the game, and there are a lot of continued problems with the gameplay we're expecting a patch so it's something we're going to discuss in the second half but i'm talking more from a content perspective because for me the gameplay can be amazing but there are loads of people who play the game for whom i'm not sure it would make a huge amount of difference the quality of the gameplay i'm 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 sure i mean i say say for instance that after this podcast the three of us sat down and, and banged our heads together i'm sure we could come up with some ideas for some some interesting and engaging content that was vaguely realistic, that bore some kind of relation to to players' actual ratings. Mm. But do you object to FootSwap, for example, or the Halloween promo? Um, not so much to FootSwap. I don't like Halloween. I hated the idea of Alex Hunter being brought into the game. The Jim Hunter card, I just... I, why? There's no need for it. I don't... There are enough football players scattered around the globe without introducing made up imaginary you know 78 rated strikers we don't need them i don't need them my big reason why i think this is positive 
And it's not just because of the continued hype around the game as such, but Team of the Year is a massive promotion every year. And in it, there were sort of elements to it for all players, but this has done a really good job of bringing down the price of Team of the Year and also adding quite usable players that are not too expensive. Like you look at someone like Ed Militao, he's Brazilian, so he's not that hard to link. He's under 300k. He could well be one of the better centre-backs. Well, he's definitely one of the best centre-backs, special centre-backs you can get for that price. He could also be one of the best centre-backs this year um, because of his quite unique stat distribution. But it's also meant that there are loads more players who can afford just below Team of the Year quality cards. And there are going to be more players now who can afford Team of the Year players because what it's done is kind of split the demand, I guess you could say. So I think that's been a huge, huge positive. Nep, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think that the cards overall have been a positive for the game in terms of allowing more people to use good cards? Both yes and no, actually. Uh, just just touching back on the point of uh, Alex Hunter, by the way, I, I actually love the idea of Alex Hunter and, and I, I was hoping that it would be like a pro clubs kind of card where you could play with him, earn upgrades and develop him. And I think that is something that is missing heavily in Ultimate Team. But in, in the sense of why was Alex Hunter put in and now why has Jim Hunter been put in, it is quite simply because EA want to transition non-fuck players into fuck players. And yeah, that's sure. all. It, it's again, it's just, it is just a money move. And it has become more transparent over the last couple of years specifically that they are driving heavy into this whole microtransactions uh, like era and it, it it's yeah it, for, for me it's it's a it's not a weird one I understand it but I think that there are better ways that they could do it do and you think it was badly timed Nick do you think that they had to do it so quickly like a week after team of the year um do, do you know I feel like this year like I, I've heard like rumors and murmurs that next year we're getting a new engine um, I've I've heard a few rumours and murmurs that next year is going to be some big changes in, in FIFA and FIFA Ultimate Team. And for me, I, I wonder if they're just using this as a test year to test something as stupid as putting these cards in to see what the how the community reacts. Because also, like you, know, for, like you said with the power creep, for the first time ever, we've had all prime icons accessible from day one. Now, sure, they're expensive, but people had them people could pack them people were playing with them so already the end game cards are in the game from day one which was quite weird in terms of these cards specifically i i do like them i don't like the fact that promo cards don't link like icons or there's no better way to fit in other cards because again you know this is called ultimate team and you're saying to me as ea hey we want you to go out and build your ultimate team and we're going to give you incentives to spend money to keep building your ultimate team well i have no incentive to spend money on this promo because i can't fit these cards into my team unless i spend even more money to get the icon that i need to link edem Militao or or whoever it may be um and then the boosts for the cards some of the cards are absolutely phenomenal uh, Havertz being an example, Edem Militao being an example, Trent Alexander-Arnold becoming one of the best right-backs in the whole game. I think Grimaldo and Mendy are two of the best left-backs in the game now that they have they have added in six or eight absolutely sensational cards, Vinicius Jr. also being one of the best players in the game now. But there are so many of these cards that they haven't boosted enough to the point where they are literally pointless. I'm, I'm pleased you've said that, actually, because I, the point that I'd use against Ben's argument earlier, that uh, these are kind of aspirational cards for, for players that can't afford the icons, 
I think that they actually suit players who who already have the icons much better because they can you know they're affordable to them and as you rightly said you know they're much easier to link when you've got a team with six or seven icons already in it you know you you can fill those positions with these cards well to, to your average foot player they're going to struggle to get more than one or two in the team I don't know I think it's an interesting point because I've long been a defender of chemistry in Ultimate Team and I think it's one of the few things that stops players like Eden Militao being very very expensive. Um, when you think that you've got someone like Tellez anyway, who is a really good, you know, you can get the UCL Live Tellez and hyperlink them, and that will allow you to play him with only one other link really coming into him. There are ways of playing these players on full chem, and they can really be of benefit to players who don't have many coins but want to try out a card or use cards who have really, really top tier stats if you look at the price difference between these and team of the year there's a massive difference and if you look at the difference in stats between these guys and team of the season cards there's not a huge difference so players who would previously unable to afford cards of this caliber at this stage they now can so i think that there's just more supply of top tier cards and that naturally means prices go down so it's got to be positive for the more casual player or the, or the sort of semi-competitive player, basically. You, you would have thought that having so many high-end cards this year, because with like the uh, the Screamer cards, that although they haven't been changed in three months, they actually have like relatively decent boosts along some of them. And with the um, Fat Swap cards, which I think is a bit of an underwhelming promotion myself, and with the, what's the, I can't remember, the flashback card, sorry, there is a an abundance of top end cards now. You, you would think that it would drive the prices of these future stars cards down, but it just hasn't. They're extortionate. Well, some of them are. Alexander Arnold's extortionate because he's the best Premier League right back or whatever. But um, actually, we were going to look a bit at the cards, so I guess we can chat about some of the ones that we like and don't like now. But if you look at Mendy, I reckon he's probably. For me, he's a better left-back in a kind of defensive sense than Marcelo, maybe, because of his work rate as well. And then, well, actually, OR is ridiculously expensive. <laughs> um, yeah, he's eight OR. OR, yeah, I'm not, not quite sure the pronunciation <laughs> of that, um, so I've just, I've just gone for the pirate approach instead. <laughs> there are some really, really good cards for reasonable prices, but there are a couple of more expensive ones. But yeah, yeah, Nep, who have you been kind of had your eye on in this team? For what fits into my team, Vinicius mm. Jr. is probably the only player, or maybe even Havertz, they're about the only two that would make it. I would like to use Lafont, but he's an unusable goalkeeper because of uh, you know a few in-game stats. And, and then you, you mentioned that Clivert was was cheap. Clivert was one of those cards that I was l- looking at and thinking, man, I would love to get my hands on this as, as somebody who grew up watching football in the era where his dad actually played football. For me, mm. it would have been something cool to just have in my ultimate team. But because of the way that they haven't boosted his stats, he's a, a relatively unusable card. His and reactions still are quite poor, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, and his stamina as well, and, and just everything that comes along with needing there. But also in, in this new gameplay meta that we're kind of developing into, especially with a potential patch nerfing finesse shots, although this would be the fourth time that we've heard this, uh, I, I think we're going to see a lot of tall fast players become the new meta and Cliver doesn't fit into that category yeah fair enough the thing is I think sometimes people in the community and I know you're someone who appreciates there are plenty of different levels of wealth in the foot community but when we're talking about our teams I think we're not talking about them in the same way as a lot of players and someone like Cliver yeah okay he's got he, his reactions are poor like, and his stamina isn't great but I still think for 170k if you're building like a, a Syria A team, there aren't actually that many other options. And he does look very good. Obviously, there, I know there's Douglas Costa and you've got Perisic as well, who are both good. But I do, I do think Clivert's a really strong option. 
I don't know. I just feel like, you know, you, you look around, you've got like Calabria for, for 92K. What I'm trying to say is you've basically got more choice and more supply of very good cards. I'm not saying these are competing with Team of the Year, but they are very good cards and they will improve people's team for, in some cases, not a huge amount of coins. I understand that some of the hyped meta areas of this team are ridiculously expensive, but I think overall, in terms of, I don't know, making top-rated cards more accessible, for me, it is making a big difference. And, and, and so with, with your with your point on chemistry, saying how you're you kind of an advocate for chemistry, wouldn't you prefer it if you could use Eder Militao and Mendy together without being punished? Wouldn't you prefer it if instead of having to spend three hundred or 230,000 coins on live tellers just to make sure that you're not falling behind by using his base card, wouldn't you prefer to be able to spend 230,000 coins on Mendy instead and play them together without being punished for wanting to do that? But I think if there wasn't a chemistry system at all, both those cards, both Edda, Militao and Mendy would be quite a lot more expensive. I'd imagine that most cards which are in off leagues would increase significantly in price. And, and, but would but going back to your actual point, wouldn't that then reduce the cost price of more team of the years and more of the high-end informs? It would, it would give reason and meaning to players like Davies from the yeah. Champions League, League SBC. Like he is a good card that I'm sure a lot of players would actually love to be able to use and they simply can't. But but would that not increase the cost of that card as well? I mean... Well, yeah, but it would be balanced across across the whole team, wouldn't it? Rather than each card, some having crazy high prices and others being undervalued. Well, yes and no in a way, because Davies is an extreme example. He's going to be difficult to link because he really is in a very off league. And you've also got the fact that English players are mainly in the Premier League, so they tend to be at premium anyway. So obviously you're going to have a situation where distribution of coins is going to be pretty unequal between the players. But that's not always the case. Tellez and Eder Militao, as I was saying, is a good example. You only need that sort of weak Brazilian link, essentially, to Militao to get the chem to work. And also I think that you've got to look at things a bit more broadly. This whole team, uh, I was chatting to Foot Economist about this, has really brought down the cost of competitive players and I think for that reason it's got to be a positive because for once that's happened before team of the season so from a more general perspective ignoring the chemistry stuff is a positive but on the other hand I can see why people are slightly disillusioned with this promo in terms of its lack of realism suddenly throwing these cards into the game and and catching people out a lot of people on Twitter were suggesting beforehand that maybe this would be a promotion where you were able to get the cards lower rated and then somehow grow them so that they were higher rated after some time. Unlikely EA would add that during the FIFA cycle, such a significant thing. But would that have meant you were happier with the promo, Steve? Um, I would hate it less, yeah. Um, the, the problem that I have with it is that it just seems so arbitrary. Like somebody's just sat there and gone, right, we'll take this player, this player and this player and we'll give them this rating and that rating and this rating. If there was some means of justifying... That obviously the cards would still have to be picked at random, but if you could at least justify the ratings rather than just seeming to have dropped out of nowhere, yeah, I wouldn't have such a problem with it. I still don't like the idea. And and so would you prefer a game where we were limited to only the great players being usable in FAR? I wouldn't have a massive problem with it, to be quite honest with you, no. But then you are, you are restricting the number of players that are available for people to use, essentially. Again, it would be another argument for getting rid of chemistry. Why not? It would also cause the the prices of players like Hazard and, and Ronaldo and such to be 
extremely expensive. You know, Hazard right now coming in at 250,000 coins. If he was still the best left winger in the whole game, he would be a million, 1.5 million coins. He would be unattainable for the general user, as would most of the top-end cards. If you think back to the FIFA 15s and FIFA 14s, when we only really had Team of the Week cards and then Team of the Seasons and Team of the Years, like... those those players were I mean it was in the height of the coin selling years so it's kind of a bit of a hard one to compare but those players were extremely expensive and everybody's team again was always the same yeah and that's something that I don't enjoy and and I think in FIFA 19 specifically with some of the worst gameplay we've seen in years if we removed all of these uh you know unorthodox cards the FFS cards the screamer cards and stuff I, I think you'd see teams just a bike on SBCs and not a lot else and I think you'd see people wouldn't actually play the game because the gameplay is so bad that playing 500, 800, 1000 games with the same players from day one with almost no increase or no impact to your team across the course of the year, you would just switch the game off. I don't see the argument for variety really to be honest with you. I think that if you've, yeah, got, no, a, if you've got a great team and it feels great and you enjoy playing with it, you know, Go for it. Well, I, I honestly like could not disagree more with that. Like, I, I, <laughs> I live for the fact that you can change your team up, and and I've deliberately gone out of my way not to have so many tradables so I can move my team around as much as I want and <laughs> and try different cards. So, and on that, it's probably time to wrap up our chat on foot future stars. Plenty more to come, and I wanted to get a quick promo rating off you nap just for a bit of context what would you rate team of the year this year um team of the year out of 10 i probably would have said a seven oh, that feels low uh, you don't think it was one of the better promos team of the year promos no, I, I actually think it was the best promo I, I think promos this year in general have been absolutely shocking going off a lower bar no. yeah yeah fair <laughs> enough fair. What, but do you also think it was the best team of the year promo though of all time yeah i think it was the best team of the year promo i i, I didn't like the fact that the first day again it, it's it's so transparent with the eight the first day was them saying hey please spend all of your money now because it looks like all we're getting is 11 team of the year players and then as the week went on they started giving us a bit more and a bit more and a bit more and so this promo I've kind of held off doing anything I haven't really spent any money I haven't really engaged with these cards at all I haven't even done the SBCs yet because I'm waiting to see what EA will give us Mm. yeah and they also did the same with the UCL cards where they delayed well you know just before Christmas they dropped some extra UCLs yeah how would you rate this one then if 7 out of 10 for team of the year um I'd probably, I'd, I'd probably give this like until until we see what comes for the rest of the week. Right now, I'd probably give this like just a five at the moment. Like, there's is a couple of like you know overpriced SBCs, a good team in packs, but mm. not a lot else. But you, you overall think it's a positive. You're glad that this promo has happened. Yeah, for, for me, I, it's, it, for me, it's not actually. I'm not glad that this promo happened. I'm glad that there's more squad building opportunities which used to be what for me foot was about I used to do a lot of squad builders try players mm. and see what worked and, and what didn't work see uh, you know I had a series called the best team in FIFA where I would take my viewers favourite teams I would play with it and then give my opinion on the team yeah, I now I can't that. do that because there's only about 17 players that people use mm. so hopefully with this promo we'll get teams sent in that are like hey look at this I started using you know Cliver for 30 games and I got my best weekend league finish and that might make me think okay in spite of what i think about his stats maybe i will try this card so steve what what, what, what do you get <laughs> oh come on ben have you been listening none get it out of it no. don't like it no need for mm. it personally i i think i like nep said I, I think it's positive in terms of adding variety to the number of players yes i probably would have also preferred if the promo had been based around realistic player performance or had some tie to 
to real performance rather than just the player's potential. But yeah, in terms of the adding variety to the game, dropping those team of the year players in terms of prices across the board, I think it's I think it's a positive. And as you were saying before about power creep and stuff, I think that's my main concern. EA have cornered themselves into basically having less hype for future promos if they're not on this level. And I wanted to close this by wondering what might happen to want to watch this is a question from smj5 who asks what the want to watch promo might look like this year because we really haven't had many marquee signings are you concerned nep that there might be a bit of a a difficult one to watch promo for them yeah absolutely you know i think we briefly touched on this before we started the podcast I, i think they've got they they have they've dug themselves into a hole now where you know team of the year was always that promo where it was like look these are the best cards and then it flops until team of the season with the odd good thing here in between but they've they've gone from one massive promo to another massive promo and and in some regard even you know just before christmas i I think the fatmas promo was like a scam genuine scam but the ucl and the europa league cards that came also during christmas i thought they were a nice touch you know Mm. more upgradable cards good good cards with a real world resemblance you know you get to actually follow these cards if you have one of these cards you're more interested to see how they do in real life and, and i enjoyed that with the one to watch promo coming if we look at today's ones to watches from the start of the game you never ever see any of them in anybody's team even ronaldo mm-hmm. and so mm. what's what's now the point of this promo is if if they release the winter ones to watches I'd, I like they're just going to give us another bunch of 23 cards maybe a couple SBCs and a weekly objective on top of players who are still in the mid to low 80s with maybe like you know the 88 Higuain going to Chelsea or something like that and then it's going to be the same it's going to be three months of these cards just being stagnant because it relies too heavily on game to game performances from the player rather than game to game performances from the team mm. so the only thing we can hope for is that maybe these ones to watches are based on team performance like the live the ucl live items are instead of how the regular one to watches were i think my concern is that perhaps that's something that we may be moving away from again this new batch of ffs cards i think that that's probably more attractive to EA because they can directly manipulate the cards and, and exercise much more control over them than they can with, say, a one-to-watch card where they're relying on real-life performances. Um, I, I like the ones-to-watch cards, um, and maybe that is a gain because they do have some correlation to, to real-life team performance, player performance. I don't know, maybe maybe if they were to introduce a card which was it was given an increase based on how many points a team accrued over over a monthly period or something um maybe something like that i don't know but I, my feeling is that ea are probably going to move away from that mm, i mean i'm not so sure those live items create so much hype and the connection to real football is, I know, something that EA really value and think that it's great for the game. So I, I think that's unlikely. But I think when adding new promos, I think you're right that they'll probably use real events less and less to do that. Right, I think it's probably time for a break. After that, we'll discuss why special goalkeepers aren't worth it. And we'll also be talking about the importance of hidden stats and the new post-finesse patch meta. At Lowe's, we know you can get the job done faster if you don't have to stop and come into the store all the time. That's why we've updated our app with your business in mind. With the app, you can build quotes, easily reorder your supplies, track orders, and much more. 
so you can get everything you need right away, stay on the job, finish it, and get started on the next one. Download the app today because Lowe's knows time is money. Lowe's knows pros. Hey guys, it's True Boy, and you're listening to the Fut Weekly Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Foot Weekly Podcast. I'm still here with Nep. Nep, your first Foot Weekly break. Uh, how did you enjoy that? Uh, it was better than the podcast. Better, better than the... Ooh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> One of the best. Love it. So to start the second half then, we've got plenty on the new patch to come, but we wanted to talk about hidden stats, specifically goalkeepers. We did this interview back at the Capture event with the gameplay producer who works on goalkeepers. He was saying how important reactions are to a goalkeeper's ability and I know Nep at the time you retweeted it sort of um, shared it around a bit and it's something that you have been mentioning recently and specifically in regards a future star player Lafont. do you want to just explain a bit about it because uh, yes so in, in short I tend to value my opinion on specific stats because of how little information EA give on them based on how much they boost them during promos and that's why I've been memed to care so much about reactions and composure. It's why I think stamina is so important. And it's why for goalkeepers, I think reactions are so important. Because when we got end of era Buffon last year, for me, he was the best goalkeeper I'd used that year. Mm. And for a lot of people that were using other versions versions of Buffon, he had like a Futmas card, I think, that, that he was a horrific goalkeeper for them. And... I, I kind of wondered why. And then when his Festival of Fuck card came out, which was by all accounts near identical to his end of era, it was still a terrible goalkeeper. Mm. So I started looking a little bit more in detail, started talking about it with a few people, and it came up about having you know the hidden reaction stat, which is akin to the composure stat from FIFA 16 and prior, where we didn't even know it existed. And so I started looking into reactions for goalkeepers and uh, Endeavira Buffon had a massive boost in his reactions and none of the other Buffons had any boost in their reactions. And so I started just attributing that to being the reason. But somebody mentioned to me yesterday on stream actually that also jumping for goalkeepers gets boosted minimally and could also be another stat that is super important that we just don't know about. Yeah, I can imagine that, especially considering this whole thing about shorter keepers are particularly bad. Yeah. Do you think composure would be a thing for keepers as well? Possibly. Yeah, yeah, possibly. They do have uh, a composure stat, so mm-hmm. yeah, they, it could be. I, I don't know how it would... Like, the way composure got explained to me was that it's more to do with the player that's controlling the ball rather than anything yeah. else. Yeah, it's a player on the ball and the proximity yeah. of another player, defensive player, to them. So, it wouldn't so it's more about when they've got the ball and they're, they're under pressure and clearing it. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and wouldn't it be nice, though, to see the... To, to, you know how they do like those images of the shots and mm. how they've tweaked them and stuff? Wouldn't it be nice to see the hitbox for... 99 composure versus 50 composure and see oh, yeah. just so you have a mental image of what you're working with yeah, with, totally. with bad yeah. composure I think that'd be a really good point point. and actually so going back to this reactions thing the perfect example this year is Lafont has 73 reactions players don't tend to have their reactions upgraded the only keeper to have their reactions upgraded this year is Team of the Year De Gea and it was only a plus 3 I think 90 to 93 yeah. so obviously that Lafont is not going to play like a 90 rated goalkeeper De Gea has by far the highest reactions for any non-icon keeper and yeah he's also 6'4 and he has 
if you put glove on him, you basically max out those three stats, which is positioning, handling, and diving. Is that correct? And then reflexes are the only one of the sort of key goalkeeper stats, I guess, that doesn't get boosted. And he's got 94. So for a... I mentioned De Gea earlier in another podcast, actually, I think. But he is undoubtedly, for me, going to be the best keeper in the game just because of those things. But because EA are refusing to boost reactions, basically, it means that I don't think you're ever going to get another keeper, which just seems kind of crazy, unless they boost it for Team of the Year. Interestingly, I've, I actually had a lot of good uh, experiences with Manuel Neuer, and I think a few of the pros use him. And although, like, like if, again, with, with the glove chem style, you know, he maxes out diving, handling, positioning. He only has 88 reflexes, and he doesn't quite have the same reactions as De Gea. But going back to the jumping thing, he actually has a, a whole bunch more jumping than De Gea. He has 77 versus De Gea's 67. Mm. So I wonder if jumping is also a relevant stat. Mm, that's a um, yeah. And maybe the jumping slash reactions combination is important because with the with the new crossing meta, from what I've experienced with the players that I've used and tested, it's it's important to have a good balance of strength and aggression, but not an overburden in one and an underburden in another. That seems to not work. So I wonder if a good balance of reactions and jumping is possibly better than extreme reactions and terrible jumping. Mm. And do you? How much do you compensate between, say, a player with ridiculous stats and a player with composure? Where does the like line? Well, I, I think the line is drawn, and, and probably Steve will have uh, more of a, a an insight on this based on what he's done uh, than me. I think the line is actually only really drawn in games that are competitive. So if I'm coming up against a guy who's just way below my skill level, I, it doesn't matter what the composure is or what the reactions are, I'm going to blow out this game regardless. Mm. The only time where those stats have any true relevance is when you come up against somebody who's got a considerably better team than you and is a decent player or is a considerably better player than you with at the very least a decent team. That's when you're going to get your money out of these stats. And that's why a lot of people kind of like mock me about this you know there's a lot of memes about the whole reactions and composure stuff and and I think it's because those are the, a, a lot of the community are without trying to disrespect anybody are mid-range players a lot of guys finish gold three or gold two after playing all 30 games a lot of guys are in division four division five and division six and and for those guys these stats probably mean less because they're coming up against other players who don't recognize these stats as important so in those games it's just a free-for-all mm. um but yeah for me i i think i, I think the defensively reactions is, is extremely important because it's how quickly they react to a loose ball yeah um and, and this again this is literally my interpretation of this i don't have any background information on this i've tried to find out some information but the best i can get is uh, a, a, t- a piece from fifa 12 career mode and how those stats interact and i'm sure it's changed since then um and with composure, it once again comes down to the fact... I, I, w- I would actually argue that composure is far less relevant this year because of time shooting. But yeah, for, for me, reactions and stamina are, are, are extremely important. And, and I would I would prioritise a player with really, really high reactions but average stats elsewhere that can be heavily boosted with chem styles over a guy with pretty decent stats elsewhere and really low reactions that again what I look for with EA is how do they boost things and and I think there's only one chem style that boosts reactions maybe two like and and that that shows me that EA value this stat heavily yeah I think that's totally true EA want to make the cards in promos etc decent boosts and make them attractive but I guess also they don't want to make them completely overpowered so 
restricting composure and reactions is sort of a, a quiet way of doing that, basically. So it's always something to look out for. And actually talking about making things too overpowered, we are pretty likely to see a really significant finesse shot patch. My wonder is now, you know, where might the meta go from here? Depp, have you had any thoughts on where things might go from a gameplay perspective after the patch? Well, I think just actually just time finishing in general is still quite broken if if you could like the the driven shot to the near post is very overpowered still as a as a move i'd regardless of what they think might happen with this finesse shot patch i'd be interested to see what actually happens with it i i nothing would make me happier than reducing how dumb finesse shots are in this game yeah um however there is a new dumb meta that is going to see people get even more angry because with the finesse shots you have some some ability to stop that in the sense that you can move the goalkeeper or you can just position yourself better defensively to stop those shots. You can, you know, second man press and 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 can can um, contain and and do your best to stop that from happening with the crossing meta, especially the El Tornado crossing meta, which I haven't really done much. I did it. I tried it a little bit last night, and in two attempts, I scored two goals. Um, but the the crossing meta in general, the floated crosses to the back posts are so broken and they are undefendable. And I think that's a much bigger problem than the finesse shot. Mm. I think we're heading to a position where maybe in a month or two down the line, there's going to be two types of FIFA player. There's going to be the ones that did the Ibrahimovic flashback challenge and the ones that didn't. Because <laughs> with what you're talking about there, Ibrahimovic is just a complete beast and he is at the moment unstoppable. The, the crosses that are hit, the lobbed crosses with the uh, the modifier, so yeah. either LB or L1, nobody is getting to that ahead of ahead of flashback Ibrahimovic. Nobody. Yeah. Also, also, obviously, like Cristiano Ronaldo because he has extreme well, yeah, jumping and yeah, heading, yeah, sure, and sure. Gareth Bale. Gareth Bale's uh, team of the year card has been unbelievable for me. He has ninety five jumping and like ninety something heading accuracy. He has the power header trait, and he's six foot two. And when you come up against the best fullbacks in the game. They're typically 5'9 to 5'11. They typically don't have great jumping or heading. And that's a problem. That's a big problem. Watching your stream on Twitch yesterday, Nepo, which I would recommend to everybody. Good, interesting stuff and a lot of good gameplay advice in it. I did notice you said, and it's just occurred to me right now, that you actually played Ibrahimovic at left attacking mid, was it? You don't play him at... Yeah, yeah. Is that, is that for the crossing? It makes Literally, sense now. Man. Right, so I have Ibra at left cam and Bale at right cam. And, and right. I have an ex- like I have a one goal per game ratio with both, and almost a one assist game ratio with both. <laughs> and that's not for the finesse shot meta. That's for the no, heading meta. That's for the heading. And oh, so yesterday, you. late on in the stream, I tried an experiment and I put Rafael Varane at left cam, and he got a goal and an assist for me. Oh no! Yeah. And so what I was in in terms of what Ben was, I think, was kind of asking what tips to to counter this. I think what we're going to see is we're going to see the rise of fast fullbacks being played as wingbacks on seven chemistry. Sorry, right. fast centre backs being played at fullbacks. So for for people that have the coins to do so, having Varane team of the year as your right back and Ramos team of the year as your left back is probably the more viable option right now. <laughs> oh, mm. God. So you're going to see a lot of teams set up at five at the back, so they can get the three centre backs in there and. God yeah, in heaven, so, yeah. Well, that, okay, that'll be interesting. But I don't know. Is is how how does this compare to the finesse shot meta? Is there do you think there's more skill involved if this does develop? No, there's absolutely no, no. skill involved. No. I put a clip up on Twitter yesterday of hitting a weak foot cross with Zlatan to scoring a weak foot volley with Bale, mm. and then the next clip is me putting a weak foot cross in with Bale on you know three star weak foot 
it doesn't even have the greatest crossing. It's like 92. So if what I'm to believe is correct and each star of the weak foot is representative of 20% of the stats, you, you're looking at somewhere in like the 60s for crossing for Bale and it still just floats perfectly to Ibra. Mm. Like, so I think, I think there is almost no skill involved in putting two tall players on the wings and banging the ball back and forward between them. There are right now, or there will be when this podcast comes out, a bunch of EA developers listening to this podcast with their head in their hands going, we've just fixed finesse. Mm. <laughs> well, well, this is something that I have a problem with, and, and it's no fault of the developers, and it's no fault of people like EA and Corey, and, and it's EA's own issue with being a yearly release oh, is, yeah. is that they Absolutely, don't balance yeah. the game enough. They need more balancing throughout the course of the yeah. year. You know, with four Definitely. months in, and there's still massive gameplay issues that have been compounded since literally day one. Mm. And and it's frustrating because it happens every year. You won't be able to get away from this. It will happen every year like, until they change the way the game works, until they change it so that the gameplay is consistent across a number of years. Like, you know, most games, I know there are games which release yearly, but if you look at the big successful esports games particularly, they're all based around gameplay that's been around for a long time and, and it doesn't have to... Yeah, they sell just it. get adjusted. Yeah, and it, yeah. they don't have to be, do a big marketing campaign saying, look what this crazy thing we've added, and they've put all their resources into developing this new fascinating... Well, what I would love is a, <laughs> I, I would love a game where there are more than one or two viable options. Like So for formations, 4-2-3-1 narrow or 4-1-2-1-2 narrow are your most your better options. Yeah, sure, you'll get the anomaly that can do well with a 3-5-2 or a 5-back or a 4-4-2, but generally speaking, if you don't use those two formations, you are putting yourself at a disadvantage. Mm. Generally speaking, if you don't use uh, a certain play style, you are putting yourself at a disadvantage. The, the way this game should work is that if I wanted to try and master you know, a five-back or a three-back or a, a weird formation or, or an unorthodox formation, I shouldn't be inherently punished because my players just don't perform the same way as when I used the overpowered formation or whatever it may be. You know, players like David Silva and Tony Kroos, they should be usable in this game. Mm, and the game should be balanced to the point where having high passing matters and it just doesn't. Do you think also, definitely. on this point though, about high passing, which I do agree with you, the one thing is that I think foot and the amount of upgrades you get in foot, like passing I think does make a difference, but Tony Cruz obviously has outstanding passing and he's one of the few, at the start of the game, we're looking at just base cards here, he obviously does have one of the best passing stats and that just becomes increasingly irrelevant because, well, now we've got these FFS cards that have uh, similar passing stats but massively better physicals. So do you think it's foot which causes this or do you think it's actually just the mechanics i think the problem honestly is is, is not necessarily the boosted cards it's the boost that chem styles give to the cards mm. because you could take a card that has passing in the low 80s or even high 70s and give them passing in the high 80s and low 90s and that you know when you when you find those players or you know somebody that already has high acceleration sprint speed somebody already has really good dribbling but has mediocre shooting and passing putting a dead eye chem style on them makes them an extremely viable option and so nobody's going to be like yeah let me use tony Kroos, who giving a shadow card will still make him extremely slow like i'm not going to do that i'm going to go and instead use fred who giving an anchor card will make him considerably better like i i think the chem style boosts are just too extreme this issue around chem styles it does actually take us back to what we were discussing in the first half to an extent with the the boosts to the uh to the ffs cards because, you know, really when you think about it like that, you, every player in the database is distorted really, isn't it? So yeah. 
you know, maybe I need to review my thoughts around that. To some mm. extent. It's interesting because they did nerf it this year, obviously to an extent. You know, the, the, the boost that you get from pretty much all the camp stars was was nerfed. So it does suggest that it's something they're looking at. And will we? See, you know, it's unlikely they're gonna, they would sort of completely remove it between last year's game and this year's. But I wouldn't be surprised if we saw further nerfs um, because also if they're looking to push this kind of very high rated database of cards you know we have more 95 plus cards than ever before then surely it makes sense for chemistry to become less of a factor because it's kind of not needed if anything it's allowing you to create cards that are near 99 when you should be buying packs and and getting them um that way yeah i would have at the start of this podcast actually i would have probably argued that that chemistry styles are important that chemistry is important but I'm becoming convinced that maybe the way ahead is just to get rid of it all completely, to get rid of. I would love to get rid of chemistry, chemistry and to get yeah. rid of chemistry styles, because then you will have a more authentic game. And and then team choice would matter. Like yeah, sure. it, it just would. Yeah. Tony Cruz would become relevant because there would be very few cards in the database that would have that kind of passing stat. I think that's a great point. Ned. Great point. Yeah. No. Because with upgrades, there would quickly be a card, plenty of cards that were better than. Especially if we have more promotions like the FFS one, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's an interesting point. I think we've raised sort of broader point about, you know, the future of foot, which is appropriate considering the promotion, actually. But, Steve, from your perspective, will finesse shots meta going actually have an impact on the formations people are playing? Or are we likely to still see the same formations over and over? I would think that it will make the four-two-three-one less popular. But that may be countered by the information that's been revealed in this podcast mm. in the sense that you can play Raphael Varane at Cam and, and still score goals. In terms of, of what we know about the patch or what we think we know about the patch, it kind of it sets alarm bells off for me that we're expecting a change to the finesse shot and to goalkeeper movement because logically I would think, well, if the finesse shot has been patched and it's no longer a problem, why would you also need to adjust goalkeeper movement? Mm. Um, so I'm not too sure about that one. I, I think that the bigger issue around it is going to be there's a danger that it may open an entire can of worms because foot gameplay, the mechanics, there are so many moving parts involved. Mm. And if we take away finesse shots, which is really is the equivalent of the low-driven shot last year and arguably the year before, a lot of people are going to struggle to, to break down defences and score goals. I think that... People are going to have to develop skill moves much more so to get past defenders, especially where there's now this this habit that people have got into of, of letting the AI take control of the defenders' skill moves or your way way through that. But I, I think that if they're if they're going to nerf finesse shots, they're going to have to buff something else so that so that players are still able to create goal scoring opportunities. Because really, I think that the finesse meta, as, as most metas are are born out of desperation. They're born out of, you know, needing to find a way to score goals. So, hey, we'll try anything until something finally sticks. Mm. And, uh, yeah, I, I just worry that... I'm, I'm sure they've got it under control. I'm sure it'll be fine. Um, I, I worry, really, to be quite honest with you, how significant the patch to finesse shots will be because I think there's a danger of us heading towards the territory of of the company that cried wolf. Um, we've been told that finesse has been patched several times. Um, okay, fair enough. It's, it's mostly focused on the, the angles that the player has been receiving the ball before he takes the finesse. 
But um, I, I think, you know, the community could be justified in saying, well, you know, we've heard all this before. I don't know. I guess we're just going to have to wait and see. Um, in terms of formations, I don't think it will cause any massive shifts. Yeah, though, just quickly on whether it will patch finesse shots this time, etc., etc. I think it's a bit of a community misconception that the previous patches would have had a significant effect on finesses. Yeah, they were trying some sort of smaller things, but they never really went in as strongly as they're going to do this time and i think that we've got a much better chance of seeing significant changes with this patch compared to previous ones also a lot of people have asked since last week how playing marcelo at cam was for me and i played 29 really quite competitive online matches with him he got 29 goals and 21 assists in 29 games so he was obviously pretty good and marksman seemed to do it for his shooting although it wasn't outstanding but I was really impressed with the way he was able to pick balls up off the opposition between defence and midfield because obviously he does have those high defensive stats and the really high stamina as well to press, which a lot of cams people use maybe don't have. So he's an interesting player to use. I swapped him with Matuidi, put Matuidi left back and he was actually really good. Um, but I was just wondering, kind of inspired by that, what players you've played out of position successfully, although I realise you've kind of answered that with Varane. Yeah. <laughs> not, not, not just Varane, but I also used Vasalko at Cam and scored with him. I used God. Milinkovic Savic at Cam and scored with him. <laughs> like, it's, uh, uh, yeah, I, I think, um, I think we're going to have a wave of very tall, high jumping players becoming very, very important to people's teams in the next few weeks and months. So, Nep, just to end this week's podcast, we've got a new guest and a new promo. So, what would you take away as the big positive this year, content-wise? Um, I, I really enjoy a lot of the SBCs this year. I, I think they've done. A, I think they've nailed it on the flashback cards. I think they've done a good job on foot swap. Generally speaking, it's it's not for me. But I think there's, I've got a lot of like real life friends that don't even watch YouTube and stuff that enjoy quite a lot of these foot swap cards and such. So I think in general they they've done okay in content in terms of uh, some of the SBCs. I wish they would update the screamer boosts maybe once or twice every three or four months. But yeah, I, I think content has has been at an all time high. Um, mm. Yeah, I, I would agree with that, and I think I've been slightly surprised by some of the negativity. But I suppose it's inevitable, isn't it? It always happens, but it has been a lot more non-stop, should we say, than than previous years. Yeah, they're definitely more non-stop content than before. And so, uh, Steve, just to quickly end from you, you're a gameplay man, aren't you? But seeing as you've got very strong views on the FFS promo, what what are your thoughts on content this year overall? The thing that I've enjoyed the most by far, and I agree with Nep on this, is the flashback cards. Mm. Um, I've had a few disasters with them, which have been well documented. Mm-hmm. Um, fortunately, I managed to reclaim Daniel Sturridge, playing him so he only uses his left foot. Flashback Ibrahimovic, I love. Flashback Danny Alves, I love. I think they're a brilliant concept. Uh, they kind of bridge the gap between ordinary cards and icon cards. That, for me, has been the by far the biggest positive takeaway content-wise. I love them, and I want to see more of them. Yeah, totally agree. I think that's something we can all agree on to end this week's podcast. So, Steve, where can people find you and even acquire some of those coaching services? People can follow me on Twitter, at The Foot Coach, and if they follow the links that are on my my Twitter bio page, uh, they'll be able to avail themselves of some coaching if they should so wish great and uh, it's been great to have a different voice different view um, a bit of disagreement something we enjoy here thank you very much for joining us 
Yeah, thanks for being here. It's, 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 good to, it's good to have reasoned debate with people. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's been great. Yeah. And if you want to see some less reasoned debate, head over to Nepenthes' Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Nepenthes. And uh, finally, if you enjoyed this and you'd like to hear more Foot Weekly podcasts, then please do subscribe on your usual podcasting platforms. And you can follow us at Foot Weekly Pod. You can even follow me, Foot Weekly Ben. Thank you very much for joining us, and we'll see you very soon. At Lowe's, we know you can get the job done faster if you don't have to stop and come into the store all the time. That's why we've updated our app with your business in mind. With the app, you can build quotes, easily reorder your supplies, track orders, and much more. So you can get everything you need right away, stay on the job, finish it, and get started on the next one. Download the app today. Because Lowe's knows time is money. Lowe's knows pros. Just a quick reminder that if you need help or support, then Calm is there. Calm, or the Campaign Against Living Miserably, is leading the campaign for men's mental health. Don't hesitate to go to thecalmzone.net, even if it's just for a confidential web chat. Lowe's, we know you can get the job done faster if you don't have to stop and come into the store all the time. That's why we've updated our app with your business in mind. With the app, you can build quotes, easily reorder your supplies, track orders, and much more. So you can get everything you need right away, stay on the job, finish it, and get started on the next one. Download the app today, because Lowe's knows time is money. Lowe's knows pros. Podcast Network.